Oh, welcome to Preach Cat Preach. Here with Rashad once again. What's up, man? We back. We back. And uh, so we just wanted to talk about real quick because we have a we have a great uh podcast that we did. We we teamed up with uh that being said podcast with George and Sammy and you know we had we had a good conversation. This pretty pretty lengthy, but I think we had we got a good uh details and all that stuff out the way. But we're gonna have our game one reactions. Uh, so Rashad, tell me what you saw. Tell me uh about about the things. So we, both of us said Raptors in seven. Uh, for myself, it was the expected result. Um, I knew Raptors would win game one. They're at home. They were more in rhythm than Golden State, and Golden State is coming off of a nine ten day layoff. Um, so we knew rust and kind of getting back in game field would be a little bit of an issue. And uh, on the Toronto side, the, the best the best chance to steal game one was – to steal a game was always going to be game one because it, it was at home. They were across the layoff. And we know their role players have been playing so great at home. So that was the best time to steal one to keep all that – basically just that momentum rolling. Um, and offensively, Siakam had the game of his life first time in the finals, um, which was a major key and. Kawhi didn't even have to really get going. Like, he, he really survived off the, the free throw line. So, offensively, those were the main keys. Siakam's breakout game and Kawhi getting to the free throw line, even though box score-wise, free throws, three-point shots, all that stuff lined up evenly for both teams. It was just Siakam's great game and the Warriors turning the ball over kind of were the, the deciding factors. But um, defensively, what the Raptors did that I liked was Every time Clay and Steph ran off a screen or were trying to get open, whoever was currently guarding them, they stayed there. And then when the, the switch came, they always saw two bodies. Like, they never just were able to get just that quick free release. It was always two bodies there. Then whoever got switched off would go back to their man or whatever. But that was always a – I always thought it was a good strategy because they were never getting a clean look at the hoop. So you're kind of running them off the three-point line and you're kind of stifling you know, from getting the rhythm going of Clay heating up for 25 and a quarter, all that kind of stuff. You, you, as long as they're seeing two bodies, they, they can't get two shots up. On, they, they can't get a shot up over two guys at all times. Yeah, and I, I really like what they did, uh, especially – think about this. What's the reason why we always talk about the Blazers can't make it? Because all you got to do is double-team their guards and you're done. So, without Kevin Durant, it, honestly, it should be the exact same way. You should – like you said, every time Curry get the ball, he should see two bodies. Every time Clay Thompson sees the ball, he says somebody should be there. So if he even try to drive, they're right there for him. So I think what the Raptors did was perfect. And um, what we didn't know was how much Mark Gasol was going to play Ibaka. But as you see, the Raptors stayed big the whole time, and Gasol was able to put thirty minutes on the court. And having a Gasol is scary because he can shoot the three ball, also can play defense, rebound on the other end, also is a great passer, and can set things up. So Marcus Saul is going to be very, very valuable, and I don't see no reason why he wouldn't play a lot of minutes unless Kevin Durant can miraculously come back in one of these games and they, they bring out the hand to five squad. But if not, then I think Marcus Saul can is is going to change the series and and will be the reason why Raptors win the series. And honestly, I thought Marcus Saul may be a liability because of the way the Warriors do just too much running around, you no know, picks, pops, screens, all that motion offense. I thought Gasol would be a liability. But he really was an asset because he can stretch the floor. And he also he, – he's mentally tough. Like he's played in Western Conference Finals. Like, the dude's played on the Spain national team. So, he's used to winning, playing in 
big high high pressure high level situation. So and and he's a good free throw shooter, stuff like that. So just being able to, to stretch the floor on threes, you know, he hesitated on about two of them throughout the game, and then just being able to knock down free throws if he gets fouled around the rim, that's key because free throws are the great equalizer to a team like the Warriors who can you know a twelve twelve at the run so fast. Right. So game two coming up on Sunday. Uh, we both. I mean, I, I don't know how you see it play out, but you know, it probably gonna go Warriors. Maybe I'm probably leading more Warriors. Probably take game two. So but, but if it's right to take game two, we we gonna see uh, we gonna see the the, the Warriors back against the wall. So, uh, here he go the rest of the podcast. Uh, with that being said, podcast with George and Sammy. Uh, pre- appreciate y'all listening. Preach, care, it's preach. called that, that being said, George and Sammy. Preach, care, preach. We out. All right, welcome in. Uh, today we have uh, our guests from Preach Kev Preach with Rashad Podcast. It's a sports podcast. We're teaming up today, talk some NBA finals and talk some all NBA. Um, I just want to start off with the introduction um, of Kev and Rashad. So, uh, guys, uh, go ahead and just give us a you know, a brief intro about you guys, what you're doing with the podcast, and uh, some background, and, and then we'll get going on some NBA Finals. All right. Uh, like I said, my name is Kev. Uh, you know, we, we started this podcast, uh, you know, about a, about a year ago. Uh, Rashad hopped on probably, what, maybe three or four months. Uh, you know, we, we, we try to take it off to a good to a good thing. Uh, you know, we most talk about basketball, football, we Take a take a front front office approach look at things, and we always ask a question, like you know, looking on the other side. So uh, you know, we just try to we try to bring knowledge to everybody who listen to us. I like it. I love that. I'm Rashad. Yeah, um, Kale started the podcast, and I kind of did a few guest spots with them last year, but most of this year we've been kind of just doing the the co-hosting thing, um, basketball, football, boxing. Whenever there's a big event coming up. I like it. Yeah, I uh was kind of like us. We were pretty much, you know, with basketball, football, and then, like, yes, if there's like World Series baseball, maybe we'd get into it. We talk boxing if it's a big fight coming up. Um, other than that, it is. It sounds like about the same thing. Yeah. Just kind of, you know, going after basketball and football, kind of the the main two sports right now. So, uh, what we wanted to do is get started with just some NBA Finals talk. Um, and uh, I do want to say once again, it's preach, Kev, preach of uh, Rashad. I see it's here on Apple Podcast. Is that is that the main place to find it? Okay, great. Yeah, so just uh, go ahead, guys, and you can Google Preach, Kev Preach, and you'll find it on any of those platforms. Um, all right, I mean, I, let's start with you guys, because I know our listeners probably have somewhat of an idea of what our finals picks are, but let's just get into it. You guys can start. Uh, we'll start with Kev, because we did the intro with Kev first. You know, what is your main, the main thing you want to see from this NBA Finals? What's your main interest in it? And, you know, your overall thoughts on the Finals? Uh, well, to start off, you know, I, I did pick Toronto 
before Kevin Durant's injury. Um, again, as a 12 year old on the first game, I thought it was different about managing the Bucks team looking right and Mark Rapid is not it's not coming to play basketball. And then come conference finals, a whole flip. And Toronto looking like the team I picked from the beginning. Um, now that the Warriors are missing Kevin Durant and missing Billy, I thought about the tall task when I first hit it. Um, but now I don't see it as bad. Um, and what I'm going to take away from this is getting guys like Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, Marcus Saul, uh, even Siakam, even though he's young, put their imprint on the NBA um, as, as they are, like legacy lives. And so the child, he's been mostly known for Spain and international basketball. The Grizzlies are going to grind out, but he never can go to the hub. Ibaka early career with OKC, and you know how everybody always nagged on Kyle Lowry for him. He's not showing up in the playoffs. <laughs> Here in the year out, so now is the time for all, all those guys to rise up and, and show the world that you know they arrived or they're here or they you know they've been, they've been around the block for a long time. It's probably time to you know get that get that uh what we're looking for, get that championship, get that trophy, and get the impact legacy. So uh, I'm still I'm still riding with Toronto. I know it's gonna be hard to do that. Uh, this is more of the that. but I'm gonna go Toronto in seven. Now, they do have home court advantage, so that's the best thing about it. Um, I don't think Kevin Durant comes back. Um, you know, I don't think Boogie comes back. So, if Kawhi's been playing on the court, can he prove that for all seven games? Are we going to see Curry emerge and finally get a final defeat? You know, those kind of things I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of our biggest. Uh, obviously, you look at Kevin Durant, if he's not going to play, I don't think he's going to play either, but if he's not going to play, it obviously changes a lot of thoughts on this series for everybody. And, and like you said, I think a big thing is the finals MVP conversation because, as we all know, everyone's wondering, like, can Curry get that finals MVP? And if Durant's out and he doesn't get it, I mean, it could be a very interesting conversation for his legacy if, you know, for the fifth straight going to his fifth straight NBA finals and right yep. fifth straight not getting a finals MVP it'd be a very interesting conversation yeah it's a bit be a much different conversation about his legacy um I, well one of the things that you know I I'm with you I don't think Kevin Durant is going to be playing either but what I I think the biggest storyline here and I want to give Rashad's uh thoughts on the finals here in a second too and maybe he can piggyback off my point right here is what you know this is the first finals i mean in history where we have a guy in kevin durant whether he plays or not and Kawhi leonard who both look like they odds are not going to be on the same team next year and it's interesting thinking about like you know they're both two of the five best players in the world and two of the three best players in this series and they're both going to be most likely not on the team according to the betting odds next season. It's just going to be a weird NBA Finals watching it from that aspect. Yeah, like you said, it kind of doesn't matter who wins because we all think the rest going to be going elsewhere in Kobata. Who knows he's going to be, you know, he's from Southern California with Sandy or State High, so he's been going to try the Clippers. Or he may win and try to be a Canadian legend with Toronto. On the Toronto side, probably five and six four to see how they match up because more than all, he's bigger and slower. So, does he play more minutes or does Curry Bach get more minutes? But more than all, he's more experienced than Siakam. So, does Siakam, can, can he really stay in the game mentally because he's so young? We can tell that some moments he's been shrinking, missing shots, 
Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting, actually, like you said, because it kind of gives Durant a reason to stay also. Like you're saying, I mean, it kind of gives him that that thought of, hey, uh, okay, maybe they do need me, right? And everyone around will be like, okay, actually, maybe they did need me, and, and Durant can stay, Kawhi could stay in Toronto. Even if he doesn't, it's a success for Toronto, the trade. If you win a championship, and even if he bounces, it's like it all kind of worked out in everyone's favor. I guess the only person this wouldn't work out in their favor is maybe Steph Curry. Just because he's still looking for that Finals MVP, and and everyone's saying you know Durant's kind of won him his championship, so it would be very interesting to see what would happen if they lose and Curry kind of struggles, and and you know he's not able to lead him to to a championship. Um, I do think there's a lot of interesting implications, though. I mean, I'm in the field that I think Kawhi's staying regardless. Um, so. I think this uh, this has a lot more to do for me with Durant because, you know, if they go out there and win without Durant, I, I don't see in any scenario where Durant would even consider coming back. <laughs> It'd be pretty hard for him to come back after the team just beat the finished off the Rockets, swept the Blazers, and went to an NBA championship without him, and seeing him be like, oh, okay, I'll come back to the Warriors. I just don't see that happening. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I want to make another point. You know, if you know how, how the Blazers um, blew the series last uh, time, they up 17 points in two or three games, and double digit lead left. You know, if that happens again to Toronto, the war is not coming back. Um, there's no way that, that um, a guy like a guy in Kawhi would let that happen. Uh, it's, a different, it's a different. I don't really think he's a 
from Kawhi, you know, Powell, Benny Green, Morgan showing up, and Cal Lowry, or even maybe uh, Van Fleet. You know, what, what, out of those seven, what kind of combination can you have to make sure you match up with that Hampton's five? Or, you know, when they have one, well, I guess we'll be replacing the Louis, instead of Kevin Durant, but how can you match up with a guy like McKinney, who, you know, he, he's just going to do his 10 times and come out of the game, you know, so these guys are going to, like, go to somebody who scored 20 points, but, you know, they can do 12 or 14 points, you know, that's the problem with Toronto. So, I want to see, I want to see what matchup he's going to have, because I think, I think if you, if you can have that, if you can have the way that Pussy Hockey can go out at his five and the four, position that, you know, it's, it's very, it's very like when that rapper can actually do it, you know, it's all, it's all you can do okay, they match for me, but it can actually do it. De- definitely, and you know, uh, like to to that point. I mean, one of the things I noticed in that last series against Milwaukee, and this is George, um, that you know the bench for the Toronto Raptors, they did give them a lot of firepower off the bench. Uh, Powell played really good. Van Fleet um, played fantastic. They both put brought brought in a lot of points, but they only went eight deep for most of that series and I don't think against Golden State you can get away with going eight deep and trying to slow the game down because the way Golden State plays basketball and going up and down the court so much they're going to need a you know ninth guy coming off you know the ninth guy or maybe even a tenth guy off the bench to play some type of significant minutes whether that's Jeremy Lin whether that's someone else I'm not sure but I think they could be in a really scary situation for the Toronto Raptors if they only go eight deep like they did against Milwaukee so uh, their bench played great, but I just don't know if they'll be able to keep that pace of play with only eight guys. I agree with that. They should probably try to use Jody Heat a little bit more because he does provide shooting, so he'll provide the doubles or it's not foul series or it's not bad piece or anything. It's just let me try Jody Heat. He's a whole shot maker. Yeah. For me, I, I do see a scenario where, obviously, if you're the Raptors, it's hard to win this series going eight deep unless somehow they find a way to control the pace. I mean, oh, absolutely. That's, yeah. that's their obvious goal here is if they can control the pace, I mean, the last thing the Warriors want to deal with is if, is if they got, you know, if Kevin Durant's not playing especially, if it's going to be, you know, Siakam and Gasol and Ibaka and Kawhi Leonard out there rebounding against guys like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond, I mean, they they can really out-physical them if they keep the pace slow. But obviously, I guess probably one of the hardest things to do in the last five years is keep the Warriors' pace slow. But I just, there's a chance with this Raptors team, I could see them kind of having a little bit of a, uh, not because of Kawhi Leonard, but in general, a Spurs way, you know, finding a way to control the pace, control the game, that's going to give them their best chance because, you know, like we said, it's not, I, I don't think playing eight deep with a fast pace is going to be enough, especially when some of those eight guys are Marcus Hall and the Serge Ibaka's of the world and a Kawhi Leonard who's not necessarily 100% healthy. You can't be playing at the Warriors' pace. Um, their, their best... I mean, if they can slow these games down, I think that will slow down Steph too. I mean, a lot of a lot of the shots Steph and Clay get are on those like quick two minute, fifteen point runs. And if they can slow that down, they could really control the pace in in this series. And I really do agree with you know 
I forgot which one of you guys had that, but the Raptors in seven with that home court, with being able to slow down the pace, I think they do have a really good shot. Better than any team's had in the last, you know, couple of years. Say that one more time. I agree with that mm-hmm. actually a lot. I mean, like you said, you, the, a lot of the points come off that you know Draymond rebound, push it up court, either Clay or Steph are open, hit a hit a, a big shot in a quick transition. And I mean, with like we said, you know, you don't want guys like Kyle Lowry and Marcus All and Serge Ibaka running back on defense chasing these guys. You want to get keep this low turnover. Let them set up in the half court and play half court D. You have Kawhi Leonard. You have a bunch of bigs. Um, and, I mean, I get, they're really outbodying the Warriors. Even a guy like Kyle Lowry, not, not, I'm not saying the greatest defender in the world, but he is a lot thicker than a Steph Curry. you got a lot of bigger guys, probably stronger guys on Toronto, and I really think that'll, uh, if they can keep the turnovers low, that, that's going to really control the pace. And I also want to add that, you know, I was thinking about like the matchups and all for the Golden State Warriors. And I think, look, you're not going to stop Kawhi Leonard. He's too good right now and he's playing at an unbelievable level. But I do like the the guys that the Warriors can throw at at, um, Kawhi with Draymond and Klay Thompson, both being, you know, a little bit higher um, level defenders. I believe that they both can uh, really provide some matchup nightmares for Kawhi Leonard. And they're not going to stop him by any means, but they could at least try to limit him a little more. All right, so where we were at was talking about controlling the pace, limiting turnovers. We had a quick audio glitch here. Um, But kind of the main points that it seems like a lot of us were coming to is, you know, keeping that, it, Toronto, if they can keep the pace and limit turnovers and keep the Warriors in the half court, I, I really do see Toronto and seven being a possibility. Now, I think the wild card for everyone here would be Kevin Durant if he does come back. So I want to hear your guys' opinions. I know I know one of you, I don't know if it was both of you, that said Raptors in seven. Was that both of you? Yeah, 
Yeah, I think Raptors can win in seven as well. Okay, so with Durant, you think the Raptors got it too? No, with Durant, this is probably over in six. Okay, so that is the wild card here. Yeah, I agree that. Yeah, see, that's that's where it is for me. I mean, I could see, I could see, uh, oh, let's see, I I could see uh, Toronto, you know, in seven, but specifically only with Durant out. I, I just don't see a world where if Durant came back, you know, game two or game three, Toronto being able to to guard that many guys. I mean, like Kawhi Leonard can only match up on one of them, and also if you have Kawhi out there doing all the work on defense, how much is he going to really be able to give you on offense? I, I know we've seen him do it this whole playoffs, but at some point, you might break down. We've seen LeBron try to do it. We've seen other guys try to do it, and it's hard to to sustain pace at, at that rate. Yeah, I can see a scenario where Toronto kind of goes up 2-1, and maybe Durant does come back and kind of rescues them to finish it out in six at, at the Oracle in you know, their last season there. But at the same time, with the injury he has, it's typically a four to six week injury. The finals are about to start, and he's not even on the court practicing, running, anything basketball related. So, I mean, I understand he's one of the three best players in the world. He can come out and drop 25 in the sleep just based on his career averages, but you have to still be in somewhat of game shape and be able to trust your cast. And from what we've seen and what's been reported, he hasn't been practicing or doing anything basketball related. So, I doubt he comes back at all. That's how I feel. And, you know, one of the things is, you know, he did travel with the team here. And uh, there's like two scenarios I heard. Like some people are like, well, he traveled with the team because he could play game two or he can tra- he's traveled with the team because he's not going to play this whole series. You know, like I don't know which one it is, but you're not just going to – he hasn't been traveling for other places. So it's either, whether he, it, it, Could he make a miraculous comeback for game two or is he just traveling? He's not really even looking to be playing this series at all. He's not doing any rehab work. Well, doing some rehab work, but you know, he's not foreseeing a situation where he comes back. And I don't know which one it is, but I don't see him coming back in this series from all indications. Just like you said, he hasn't even practiced yet, and you know, it's been what three and a half weeks since his injury, and it's a four to six week injury with no rehab work to come back and play in the NBA Finals. I mean, that's some Willis Reed type of shit. I don't know if that's going to be happening. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously, and just comes out of nowhere. All right, I'm back. I, I that's where you know I don't think he's coming back either. Just because you got to get on the court. And I think one interesting thing I heard Steve Kerr say about with with Boogie is, you know, the reason he's like Boogie's been practicing a little bit, but it's really hard to get a guy back in game shape and back on the court without ruining the rhythm, right? I know Steve Kerr did say. Uh, if this was regular season, Boogie would be out there tomorrow playing limited minutes, trying it out. But this is the NBA Finals. Even with Kevin Rand, like you said, I know he's a top three. To many people, the best player in the world. To a lot of people, I know he's that good. But at the same time, it's anybody anybody that's hooped before knows it's you know if you're out for three, four, five weeks and you haven't been able to get your legs under you. It's the NBA Finals. As good as he is, it's not that easy to just walk in and be 100% right back into game shape, right back into game mode. The jumper's perfect. I know it's like riding a bike, a lot of people say, but you got to get reps up. It's the NBA Finals. We're not just talking a, like you know a shootout. We're talking a, a real NBA Finals. That's where I see 
it's hard to mess with what the Warriors have had. They just swept the Blazers. They beat the Rockets two games in a row with him out. It's hard to see a place where you just plop back guys like Kevin Durant and Boogie and everything runs 100% smoothly. It would be yeah, I agree with that. The worst case scenario for Kevin Durant's career is if they went up 2-0 and he came back and they lost game three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everyone's just like, oh, well, don't need him. Don't want him. <laughs> I know Kev was about to say something. I yeah, think go too, ahead, right? Kev. Uh, no, I was just going to piggyback on that. And, uh, also, you know, just the thing about Kevin Durant, if he does if he does come back and, like, like, we, like we mentioned earlier, he come back and help him win, it does, it does change the legacy. But, you know, I'm thinking about Boogie as well. I don't think I don't think Big Boogie is needed. I, honestly, Kevin Looney and, and uh, Zaza, 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 um, Boogie. Boogie, yeah. Uh, those guys are good enough. Uh, they don't need Boogie. Boogie just—he just in the way. Honestly, I never feel like he fit in. I feel like he just trying to cheat his way to a ring, you know. Um, so I, I really don't even think Boogie Boogie would help the series. Uh, uh, only Kevin Durant would, and 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 that's, and that's I'm talking about somebody who hasn't played in a while. But Boogie, I, I don't. I do not want to see him on the floor, really. Yeah, and I I actually agree with that. I mean, no, I think. He was an awkward fit, like you said, kind of from the get-go. But I think, you know, maybe if he got to play with them the entire playoffs, it would have they would have found some type of rhythm that worked, you know, maybe with Clay and Steph on the bench. He's in there, you know, trying to get some buckets just to to have some good bench points. But for especially Boogie, I mean, as I'm saying, I was just talking about how hard it is for Kevin Durant to come back and get in the flow. It's even harder for a guy like Boogie who's only – you know, playing what, like 35, 40 games total to see? Maybe not even. He came back halfway through the year. Yeah, he was still getting back in the flow before he got hurt. Yeah, so he has like double the work to do. He has double the work. And like you said, I just don't know if that would fit. I don't like the scenario where Boogie plays no games and comes back for one game and then wins an NBA championship. And we all know Boogie, like he's going to ride that. <laughs> well, did, you, did, did, did anyone hear what? Like I just saw that this right before we recorded. Um, Boogie sent LeBron James a card saying, wish you were here at the NBA Finals. <laughs> and that's not a joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this guy really like hasn't played a game since, what, game two of the playoffs? And he's talking shit. And he's talking, like sending LeBron James letters, like, wish you were here. That shows the last thing we want in the basketball world is Boogie to step foot for one NBA Finals game and get a ring. We won't, like, th- it, we'll hear for that about that the rest of our lives. Even if he doesn't step back, he's going to be talking about yeah. it. <laughs> He's already talking shit. He hasn't even played a game in two months. But can we blame him though? He spent six, seven years in Sacramento losing all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's he true. He was on the Pelicans. They made the playoff. He couldn't even play a game. So can we blame him? No, no, he's, no. He's, he's enjoying this ride more than he ever had. <laughs> what were you saying also, Kev? If, if, if the Warriors win the championship and Boogie get a ring, I'm telling you right now, when we talk about his legacy at the end of the day, I'm not mentioning that. I'm skipping right over that and talking about his all-star appearances is all he got and how much he lost in Sacramento and how much he didn't play in New Orleans. I'm not, I'm not even talking about this chapter in his life. <laughs> and how many texts he's got. <laughs> I agree with you. Unless he comes back, like as a basketball fan and a drama fan, I want him to come back. 
and like win finals and, MVP. and like just play really good because it'd be funny like you know you know boogie like literally was basically a shitty teammate for what eight years of his career and then he comes back plays two games in the nba finals contributes and wins a ring i think it'd be the most like weird and unlike fanable story like this guy's never been a good teammate so for him to do that it'd just be like the weirdest thing i've ever seen i i think it'd be more interesting if he came back and won like a finals mvp just comes back averages like <laughs> averages like 22 and 12 and just dominates because okay as much as a cool story it is just for him to win a championship when you join the warriors it's kind of a I mean, like, we're giving you, like, an 80 percent chance at the beginning of the year to win a championship anyways, right? Like, it's not like his good team, him being a good teammate contributed to them winning. True. So, regardless who plays or not, they're probably, you know, the favorite anyways. Uh, but if this guy just came back and dominated, I'd find it to be the most interesting story of all time. And, and it'd be funny because it's Steph wouldn't get his finals MVP again. <laughs> and then you have DeMarcus Cousins somehow. Um, and, I don't know, it'd just, it'd just kind of be... A hilarious situation to me but I, I i don't know it's gonna be interesting there's, there's so many legacy talks um like you like you were saying kev like i you know i'm not gonna talk about that for boogie's legacy and well something interesting is if the warriors win without kevin durant you know then i know kevin durant's one of the best players in the nba right now top two three players in the nba but it, it brings up the interesting question about kevin durant's two championships you know he joined a team that already won without him, a team that he blew a lead to, and then wins two with them. And then if they win without him, it kind of makes the Kevin Durant's two rings an well, interesting it be, it story. It would be three rings. Yeah, his third ring. His third ring would be him not playing. It would be kind of an interesting story. It would go back to, you know, did, like you, did Kevin Durant really win three rings? Like, you know, is his three wing, rings equal to LeBron's three rings? I don't know. <laughs> So, so to, to, to piggyback off that one, so to me, me and Rashad both said this before is like Kevin Durant, he he did, to, to, in my opinion, he did help the Warriors a lot. And as far as like legacy talk, because when, when you think about the war, what the Warriors did, so they won a championship because what kind of a kind of a lucky break that whole run when they first won every point guard like like uh, what, Pat, Pat Ben, I got hurt, got round one, I believe. I think Russ got hurt or something. Something like that where everybody got hurt. Mike Conley got hurt. And then he got to the finals. What happened? Kevin Love was hurt. Kyrie was hurt. And they won the championship beating LeBron and Del Dover. <laughs> yeah. Right? Then he come back. Then he come back, 73-9 season. You know, this great team, all this all this talk. Get to the finals and lose. And then you think, okay, well, what what's the next step? Do we do we really? I mean, you know, a, a lot of questions does does line up from there. Like, do we really believe Kevin Durant has said, you know what, I'm I'm a running back. I lost y'all three one. I'm a running back uh, with and we'll come back strong and beat y'all the next year. Like, do we do we do we really think maybe the Warriors, uh, you know, get out there again? Do we? You get what I'm saying? Like, are, are you know, it's, it's like a lot of things changes. But I, I, we think Kevin Durant came and he was really for the Bronx because yep. he get Kevin Durant to cancel cancel out LeBron. And that means Curry can cancel out Kyrie. Now you got Clay Thompson and Draymond, and you had nobody for that. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's kind of it's kind of like Kevin Durant was a cancellation, which is which is the reason I said I'm I'm liking Toronto because once again it's another situation like the Cavs when they play the Cavs where the best players on the other team and Curry Curry Clay Clay and Draymond going against them and can the best player can the best player on the court outwork the you know the the three 
I don't know what, what you call them. I guess the big three or whatever the Warriors, but the original three of the Warriors can can they outplay Kawhi? Because the last time they played the best player in the world, they lost. As far as you know, without Kevin Durant, so that, that is a big big reason why I want to look at Kawhi and say this is your time to you know be on the lights of LeBron and you can you can go not beat the Royal Warriors and now you you the man on the planet. Yeah, we'll find out a lot about is you know. This series will, like you're saying, tell us a lot. How good is Kawhi, right? Is he that LeBron James level, or is he a step below, right? Because, like you said, last time without Kevin Durant, LeBron was able to kind of propel a crazy victory. And from what I'm seeing, if Kawhi can stay healthy in the series, he might be able to do it too. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally, I'm on the, I'm on the camp where I think the Warriors win in six, without KD and with KD, I think they win five. But I, I'm in the minority here on that. But I, I want to shift focus to Kawhi, and I want, do you guys think? I mean, obviously, you're not going to stop Kawhi, but I, one of the reasons I do like the Warriors in this series as much as I do is I feel like they can throw a lot at Kawhi. Between Dray- Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, both being you know physically tough defenders and guys who I think will make Kawhi Leonard work pretty hard on offense, I just think unless the role players of Toronto really step up, I really like the matchup on who they can throw for Kawhi. Now, obviously, Kawhi can just go nuts, and you're not going to stop him. You can only hope to you know contain him as much as possible. But would you would you guys like the matchup for Golden State on who they can throw? on Kawhi as much as I do or do you guys think it's I mean, no matter what happens he's still going to get his own Absolutely. And Kev, what, what do you think? Well, you know, the, the I know they couldn't stop Kevin Durant. He was on OKC. And Kawhi's more of the same player now as far as offensively. Like, it's, it's different between those two guys and guys like LeBron and Giannis because their, their three-point shot isn't as developed as the other two. So, I know I know, I know, know it's going to be hard for any of them really to defend because, you put, like uh, Rashad said, like you put Clay on them, it kind of undersized a little bit. You can really muscle him. Draymond's too slow. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. 
That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket Technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing matter license in all 50 states and MLS consumer assets at number 33. is your best option, and he's battling a knee injury, so we know that's so it's kind of it's kind of everybody has their little downfalls, but you know collectively, I think they can do their best. You know I don't know if they're going to corral him, but you know if it's the guys like you said, Powell and Kyle Lowry and Siakam are knocking down shots. I mean, what are you going to do? You know you can't you can't really leave them if they're going to make shots. So you gotta do you do you cut the head off the snake and Kawhi, or do you let Kawhi do his own thing, go ISO ball against your whole team and let him just go off and then contain everybody else? You know you, that's what that's what Steve Kerr's going to have to decide. Exactly. Yeah, that, that, I mean that's gonna be a tough decision because in that Milwaukee Bucks series, they really seemed like they were not, they were not gonna let Kawhi kill them. They would double team him, you know, as soon as he got the ball, you know, three quarters, three fourths of a quarter of a court, and then all of a sudden those other guys were hitting their shots. Powell's knocking down shots. Siakam was playing well. Van Fleet went off. So yeah, it, it is a tough choice if you're Steve Kerr. Do you, do you take the ball like you said out of Kawhi's hands, or do you? Uh, you play some ISO ball, and I don't think there's a good answer to that because pick your poison, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I, for me, I think uh, the most one of the most exciting storylines. I know uh, George and I talked about this on a podcast uh, yesterday. I, I'm really excited to just see what Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry does. Yeah. I mean, a guy, the guy has changed his narrative in this playoffs. You could tell by the emotion on his face when they made the finals how much it meant to him to not be playing bad you know like he's he's had some serious struggles in playoff series and you could see how important this meant to him that he's been playing well and he's helped his team get to this point if he can step up and play like the all-star that he is in most regular seasons um this is where it gets really tricky for the warriors i mean you know curry's not a top-notch defender and i know you have clay right now who is but Clay's not guarding both uh, Kawhi and Lowry. And without Durant out there, you don't have kind of your, you know, healthy or younger third wing guy. I mean, Iguodala, like you guys said, has some bad knees. He's getting a little older. I just don't, if, if Lowry can really step up, and I know if Lowry and Kawhi are playing good, the rest of the role players are going to, you know, the guys like Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, as long as they're doing their job, they're kind of all right for the team. You know, as they don't need to be knocking down as many shots as, you know, uh, as a Lowry or a Kawhi. I think it's really interesting. If, if Kyle Lowry steps up, he's really putting a big advantage for Toronto in this series, especially with the games being at home to start. I mean, obviously, it, it, you can't lose those games at home, and, and game one's going to be kind of a tone setter for this entire series. It's a... It's... Obviously, I think it's a bigger deal if Toronto loses in Game 1 than if the Warriors lose. So Toronto really needs this one. I think Kyle Lowry is going to be a big piece of that. Playing at home, he needs to be comfortable. And uh, it's going to tell us a lot about the series. Oh, yeah. Uh, for me, Kyle Lowry really gets a bad rap a lot of times. And I understand, you know, like Game 1 versus the Orlando Magic, we get zero points. But people don't kind of realize, you know, he he's a... He's a do-it-all kind of guy as far as like, he's going he's gonna to do the right moves to help defense. He's going to take charges. He's going to run around and try to guard your best one of your best defenders, I mean, the best, best offensive players. 
and even in that game when he had zero points, you know, and I know Jamil, uh, was like DJ Augustine had a career night, but you know he had seven rebounds, eight assists. He doesn't just like I mean I know we want an All Star to score points, but Kyle Lowry is kind of like a <laughs> kind of like a, a point guard version of Draymond, if that makes sense. Like as far as um, just doing just doing it all, and you know sometimes he might not you know he might not show up a, in the in the point stats or he, just in the stats in, the stats in general, but. The, the charges he take, the uh, the steals that he can create, you know, the matchups problems that he can create, you know, I I I've always been a fan of Kyle Lowry. I know he's not a a top tier point guard, but you know, if you have Kyle Lowry, if you if you can't get a Dane, you can't get a Dane, you can't get a a Curry, you know, I mean, Kyle Lowry is not too too much of a drop off, especially when you have a guy like Kawhi as your number one. No, I thought that uh, Draymond example was a very good example. <laughs> I've never yeah. heard that one. Yeah, really? I like, that. like I and. It's kind of the exact same thing. They're both, they're not the most athletic, not the most in shape looking guys. Like, both are just stocky, a little shorter, or a little like, you know, different body types for their position. You know, not high volume scorers, but they do do a little bit of everything. I mean, you saw Kyle Lowry, I think it was like two straight possessions where that where he had, uh, took a charge on Giannis and stripped him. It like stripped the ball out of bounds on him, came down, hit a three. And it was just like, it kind of explained all of Kyle Lowry in one where it's, He's going to make those hustle plays. He's going to make the smart right play. And, yeah, he's not going to give you 25 a night, but he's going to be really important in ways that don't show up on the stat sheet, like you said. And that's the same as Draymond. a good question i don't know because you I, I i don't want him on curry or or i think i think kyle Lowry guards clay thompson i think he lo- he loves that shit to run around and yeah he <laughs> and does like, like i said <laughs> he, he loves to do a little small stuff he loves if you say wherever clay go you go okay I'll, that's that's fine with me coach. yeah, yeah you, know, you, you run around fight, and fight through screens time. yeah and like he'll fuck with him a little bit some jersey grabbing running around like that actually does sound because Clay moves around a lot, but it's not like Curry. It's not like dribble, step back, dribble between the legs, step back. It's more like run around, baseline to baseline. Kyle Lowry can do that, do a little grabbing, mess around with him a little bit. Uh, and I think you're right, where it's like he enjoys that shit. Just like, like you know, poke at him, do whatever you got to do, be a little pest, and go after him in that sense. 100%. Uh I guess one question we haven't even talked about yet: um, how how quick in the series does Draymond Green and Drake get into a confrontation? Like by the second quarter or the first quarter? <laughs> first play. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> first play of the game. Yeah, I, you know Draymond's gonna say something to him at some point in this series. Yeah, it'll probably be the second game, just because I think the NBA made a statement about how they don't want Drake being on over the sideline doing stuff. So Drake may kind of keep it cool the first game, but I think by the second game, you know, especially if the Raptors win game one, I think game two, that Drake and Draymond Pitching could get a little high. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think so too. Drake Drake will be on his best behavior game one, like you're saying, cause just because Adam Silver had a conversation with him. But uh, by game two, there's going to be – actually, here's the thing though. 
it doesn't take Drake being on bad behavior for Draymond to say something. Like That's I could point. definitely see Draymond hitting a big three and just like whatever, just tell him to like shut your mouth or sit your ass down. Like that'd be a classic Draymond. Nothing too vulgar, but just kind of a sit your ass down moment, like for no reason. Even if Drake's not saying anything, it wouldn't shock me out of Draymond. <laughs> I want, I want Draymond. To, I want the first play. You know, shot clock winding down. Curry, Clay can't get a shot off, so they swing it to Draymond. He had to shoot a three. He breaks it, and I want Drake, Drake to stand up and call him a bum. Yeah, I <laughs> love that. <laughs> that I'm all in on that. So, my, my, I know we're all, uh, or you guys, including me, are saying Toronto and seven. If you had rooting history, so you guys rooting for Toronto too, not just predicting it. Yeah, I'm oh, oh yeah, Kawhi, Kawhi's, my, Kawhi's my guy. Okay. I'm rooting for Toronto as well. So, I am too. George is one of those guys that is in the minority that, you know, out of me and almost my friends, like 99% of people I know, I did just see a map on ESPN today. I think it was like uh, stats and info. I don't know if you guys saw this. Outside of the state of California and I think it was Nevada or one other state, like the rest of America is rooting for the Canadian team, which is kind of funny. Um, I'm all USA, baby. <laughs> I, I, I'm all USA too, except for when it comes to the Warriors. I mean, I have no, I like Steph Curry. I think Draymond's funny. I think Clay Thompson's you know great. Um, I don't know if you guys are with me on this, but I'm just kind of after KD joined them, I'm just kind of getting tired of it. You know, like I'm tired of the like easy walking through finals walking through the playoffs. I want to see some shakeup. And I know a lot, a lot of people know I root for LeBron James, and they're like, well, why don't you want shakeup there? The reason is because LeBron actually seemed like he had to fight for some championships, go through some struggle, while the Warriors, for me, I'm kind of just getting tired of watching like this easy walkthrough. And I do think a little bit that Kevin Durant slightly cheated the system in a way. <laughs> um I know the the reason, you know, another main reason I'm going for Toronto is, you know, all dynasties at some point come to an end, and when you we look at all the history, um, they don't really last that long. Yeah. Because even even Jordan's little absence, you know, that was a three year run and a three year run. Kobe's Kobe and Shaq didn't last too long. The Spurs lasted a long time, but they didn't win back to back. And then the Heatles and Boston Celtics big three, you know, they don't it didn't really last long. So. It's about time for that, you know, that Warriors dynasty to come to an end. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm rolling with Toronto as well. Yeah, no dynasties lasted long outside of you know the Lakers and the Celtics, where they were always in the finals throughout the '80s. And of course, the Jordan did the six and eight years, but nobody else besides those lasted an extended period of time. And I'm kind of like you guys, like the Warriors, they've kind of ran their course. Um, the Durant move going there. The biggest thing that did was dismantle LeBron as being the greatest of all time because of KD doesn't join the Warriors. The way LeBron ran through the East, he probably gets another two or three rings. And if he gets four or five championships, he's probably going to pass Jordan the greatest of all time because he already have the stats. So I think Durant moved there, kind of extended their run, and it dismantled LeBron as being the potential greatest of all time. But... Dynasty don't last long. We know Durant's gonna probably move on. So it's not that I'm tired of the Warriors. I just want to see something else. Like if the Warriors make it to the finals next year and play like Durant on the Knicks or something like that, I'll be fine with it because even though it's the Warriors still, 
it's not a it, it won't be an unbeatable thing because we know the Lakers are going to get somebody and then Durant will be somewhere else then who knows what a team like the Dallas Mavericks can do and make it more intriguing or the Spurs have DeMar DeRozan he's going to have a chip on his shoulder based on what Toronto's doing now so it's just so many teams that could elevate like them and Nuggets they're so young so many teams can elevate so at least next year even if the Warriors make it back it, it won't be such a Foregone conclusion, they're going to make it. 100%. 100%. I, I feel that way, too. I mean, even the Rockets, you know, maybe they move off of Chris Paul but get another piece. James Harden, maybe with without Durant on the Rockets for a full – without Durant on the Warriors for a full series, they might actually have a chance. I think I agree with you on that. It's just if the Warriors make it again without Durant, it's more of the – it's not a cakewalk anymore, which makes it interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for me, I've always – I've just been – I like this Warriors team, man. I like the way they play basketball. I liked them before Kevin Durant came in, uh, and I, I, I actually kind of like them better when Durant's out right now, to be honest. But like, I don't root against them with Durant or anything like that. I just I enjoy the way they play basketball. I think they play basketball the right way. I like the ball movement, and I, I think Toronto plays the right way too. But I just feel like, like I'm with you guys. Every dynasty ends, but I think this is their last run, and. After that, I think this whole entire NBA, we're about to enter an offseason with so much shakeup. I, this is one of the craziest, I, I think, if not the craziest offseason in history of the NBA, where you have, you know, arguably two of the best three players in Kawhi and Durant probably switching teams and p- people like, you know, Kyrie Irving being a free agent. I, it's just the landscape's going to change, and I think the Warriors have one last run in them. And even the payback off the bat is just. When the dynasty ends, and of course in every decade, one team normally steals a championship. Like in the 80s, the 76ers stole one between all that Lakers, Celtics stuff. Where like in the 90s, when Jordan retired, the Rockets kind of had their their brief two years, or their back-to-back years. And then in the, you know, the 2000s, the Miami Heat kind of got one between the Lakers getting theirs and the Spurs getting three and five, things like that. So, And of course the Mavs beat the Heels, so... Normally, every decade, a team steals one, and with Kawhi going to be the best player on the court. This is like a prime opportunity for the Raptors to steal one. Yeah, I've, I've always felt like the Cavaliers stole one. I mean, I know it's weird to say that, but I feel like that was the steal of this dynasty. You know, there was that, it's going to be that one out of five that they won. But we're going to find out this series. See, well, I, but I think it's not just about a steal, because I, I get what you're saying, Rashad. I think it's more about like – there's kind of that random team that wins, right? And I don't think a LeBron team is not random. I know the Cavs, if you look at the, you know, from 2000 to now, you'll see Cleveland on the list, which seems random. But LeBron is part of that list, and he's not a random. I think if you look at it, there has been a lot of random teams to win. Like even with Detroit, I think they went back-to-back, correct? Uh, not back-to-back. They went no, they they won won one, back, lost one. No, they went back-to-back. Went back-to-back, back. yeah. So you have Detroit winning championship, which is kind of random. Um, you've had the Mavs was random. The Heat before LeBron was a random one, too, in 06. And you've had Boston only won one in that, that time after Kobe, which was kind of that random one. Then the Mavs won one, which was that random one. I feel like Toronto will be that kind of random one in the mix because we haven't had anybody like outside of LeBron or the Warriors since what 2015 now. It's almost time for that random team. You know, like, oh, you're going to go through the list in 20 years and be like, oh, the Raptors, a random Toronto year. And I think it's almost time for that. I definitely agree. Yeah, and then, 
And then what better way, you know, to kind of cap it all off in Canada, Game Seven? Like, if if that was if that would be the case with the Raptors win, like that 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 would be perfect because it's kind of like I, I want to say Toronto a small market, but you know, a lot of guys don't want to go to Canada as to play you know to play basketball there and to see to see a team like Toronto or you know possibly we could have seen Milwaukee or even Portland was in the West Conference Finals to see that see those small markets kind of like you know kind of rise up. And it's kind of like you know, it's kind of helpful to see that you know maybe maybe there is hope for uh, you know guys like Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, all by themselves in, in a small market. Maybe they can get somebody to come with them, and, and it's possible to win championships. So especially when you got somebody like Kawhi on your back, or you got um, you know you, you got you got the whole you got a whole city, a whole nation for them uh, on your back. I agree, and that's why I think it's gonna be really hard for Kawhi to leave in general, even now. Uh, kind of just the way that that. Uh, Eastern Conference Finals finished off and you saw the love of the city, you know, and like that was the first time I feel like I sort of saw emotion from Kawhi, a little smile at least, you know, and he, it just seemed like, damn, he's putting Toronto on the map and it's going to be really hard for him to leave, you know, like, which would be awesome for Toronto, like you said, you know, not a small city, but I guess in basketball terms, yeah, a small market, um, no free agents go there, mostly free agents leave there to go to better opportunities, so I agree. I think it'd be an awesome way to top it off and kind of be a new beginning in the NBA and for Toronto. Yeah, if Toronto wins this championship, it'll kind of make guys start thinking about maybe it's not a bad thing if I get traded to a team as a rental. Or maybe it's not bad if I stay in my market. Because like Kev was saying, a lot of guys don't want to play in Toronto, even though it's one of the fourth and fifth biggest you know, American cities, it's just because you're in Canada, so you have to pay that double tax of USA and Canada. So a lot of guys don't want to pay that because they're making so many million dollars and you're going to double tax, which is killing their money. But I think Kawhi is probably the guy who would stay there. He's not a big shoe guy brand. He's not not your Adidas. He's with New Balance. And of course, he wins. I mean, you have the whole country where you have three stuff, free apartment, you're part of definitely um so i do want to transition here and finish off of some all nba talk now that we're talking about players money movement um i I do want to talk about with you guys you know we got all of our predictions in some all nba um quick thoughts I, i obviously there's a lot of big stories and we're talking about money right now we're talking about movement in the nba um, guys like Clay Thompson getting left off the list, not getting super max. You have Kemba Walker made it over him and Bradley Beal. It's interesting. You know, LeBron snuck into the third team where I agree with it, but a lot of people don't. Um, do you guys have any thoughts about uh, all NBA? Like any shockers, any things that you guys strongly agree or disagree with? Um, 
triple double the first year. He's MVP, All the first team. And the second year, he's All the second team. Like the third year, he's All the third team. So I said, he's had a double every year. It's like one year he's MVP, and now he's the third team All the year. Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. Uh, I was going to agree with Kyrie there for a second that he was a team killer this year did, to make did second. Did you say team. fan club or hate club? Hate club. Hate club. <laughs> I'll, with, I'll be with you so, on the Kyrie one. <laughs> so Ky- Kyrie honestly should have been on all NBA 14. That's first thing. I agree. Um, he, he should. I mean, I, I, I don't see how. I don't see how. You know, I mean, we're looking at this year. I think the, the media just loves him so much, but. Looking from last year to this year and, and how they went went along, they they underachieved by a long shot. Uh, and me, me and Rashad had a debate about who was going between Boston and Milwaukee, and, and I was just saying like, I don't see Kyrie matching Giannis level. And and I think a guys like Bradley Beal got over over uh, should have been over Kyrie. And like you said, like he like Rashad mentioned, Russ should have been second team, so that means Kyrie was third. Which I think that should have been Bradley Beal or a uh, major Demar Derozan, but. You know, those kind of teams, especially with no Kawhi, no Tim Duncan, a Spurs team kind of get forgotten about. And then, you know, nobody's cared about Washington because they're losing. I, I understand all that. But um, it's, 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 still, it's still about what you're asked to do. And and like you said, Kyrie kind of was like a, a team killer. And Boston underachieved so much. I don't understand how everybody had them in the finals or, you know, the best team in the East. And you're four. And you really was five until all the people went down. So... You know, uh, so that's my point on Kyrie and with Clay Thompson. Okay, let me jump uh, on your point on Kyrie real quick. I, I, okay. I, 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 at first, like when we were doing our All NBA teams, and it's my biggest regret. I had him second team, and you know, I after I did that and I put it out, I started thinking about it. Started looking at you know what he's done to the Boston Celtics and the chemistry he's killed. I, I I know this. I might be exaggerating a little bit, but what's the difference between him and a Stephon Marbury down the line, man? Like he's gonna go to Bro- if he goes to the Brooklyn Nets 
what he's going to be the fifth and sixth seed every year for the rest of his career i mean other than playing in the nba finals with lebron what is kyrie irving's career really like i i i'm with you i'm on the kyrie irving hate club now the guy is not a good teammate he thinks he's the the bets top three or four players in the league the way he, i mean he if he goes somewhere and tries to be the alpha dog like in the brooklyn they're gonna regret it in my opinion i i, I overvalued Kyrie way too much the last few years I actually think... The, go ahead, go ahead. I just wanted to say, I think the best option for Kyrie is to go back and play with LeBron because Kyrie's a great number two. He thinks he's an alpha dog, but we've seen before LeBron, he couldn't sniff 35 wins. Post-LeBron, he's on a team that went to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals and then resorts backward. The team goes backwards and loses in five in the second round so i think the best thing for a guy like him is to be the second player and maybe a guy like lebron who probably at this point knows how to work with him and i'm I'm so glad you guys realized that because me me and rashad have been having this debate with a lot of people around the world about Kyrie is the same player as kim walker yes they're the Mm -hmm. same the only difference is all the only difference is when LeBron left Miami, he decided to go home instead of go to Charlotte. It's all <laughs> difference. It's all yeah. difference. He kept. He, he, you know, so they they're in the they're in the same tier, the same boat. Kyrie may be slightly a little better because you know uh, he's more efficient than Kimball. But like you said, if he goes to Brooklyn, or if he go to Brooklyn, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hate it because I, I love D'Lo and I don't want him to have that with him. But you know, if, if Kyrie decides to go by himself, he's not he's not a guy who can put somebody a team on his back. Like you said, he I, I think he learned his lesson. And I think he's, I think through all the Lakers turmoil right now that he will go with LeBron because he realized that's my key to success and and why not ride ride that wave wave until it's over, you know. That I agree um, with that. I do think interesting. You said you know Kemba. It's a good comparison. He's Kemba, but with more of an ego and a worse attitude. I mean Kemba <laughs> and a better shoe deal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> better shoes. <laughs> and but Kemba would not. Would not ever. I mean, like Kemba's been in the worst possible situation in Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte's second. Some people don't even know how to who can't name five guys on Charlotte, you know. And Kemba seems to not complain. He keeps his head down, works hard, and does his best. I mean, this is just a slight observation by me. I don't know them personally, but it seems like Kemba's probably the easier person to deal with too in the room, and probably a better teammate to have if you were going to have to pick one. I mean, if we're gonna be honest, Kimba on the Celtics it probably would have panned out better because he has less ego. Like you know, Kyrie's ego kind of got him away. Like I would argue, if Kimba was on the Celtics, they would have probably beat Milwaukee and made it further. Like maybe we're talking about them in the finals because Kimba doesn't Kimba doesn't have that ego that Kyrie has about he has to be the man or like Kimba knows he's good, but he doesn't have that huge ego of like this is my team, I'm the guy. Like he's, he seems like he's more secure with himself. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, I agree with that. And I feel like, like you said, Kemba would have less of that, you know, give me the ball, I'm the man. And they probably he'd probably let guys like Jason Tatum flourish a little more and guys like Jalen Brown, Al Horford lead a little more. I think at this point in his career, Kyrie winning that ring with LeBron kind of made him be like, oh, look, I'm the man. I hit the shot. I should run every team. When in reality... A guy like Kemba probably would have had this Celtics team and been so damn thankful 
for finally having some decent bodies around him, not just Frank Kaminsky around him, and uh, <laughs> he'd be able to, you know, lead this team a little better. And it's sad he's the sixth highest paid player on his team. Like, look like he's about to get a max deal from somebody. Hopefully Charlotte gets it to him, even though it's a lose-lose for them. But the guy's the sixth highest paid player on his team. That's terrible. Like, Ben <laughs> McBeyombo makes more than him. Batum. <laughs> Yeah, they have some of the most <laughs> wild contracts in the league. Yeah, Michael Jordan's done a great job as an owner. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that that Kim Walker point leads right into it because why you know a lot of people want to blame not blame but you know how Clay Thompson got mad in the video that Kimba made it over him. Yep. And you you think of the you think of what Kimba's able to do. He he's able to drag a team to the playoffs what, two times in his career. Uh, with guys like Frank Kaminsky and Batum, that's just two is three. Key Gilchrist doing nothing. Like he's carrying. Like I always try to say this: Clay Thompson, ask yourself, does your back hurt? Because Kimba does. He needs surgery this offseason because he's tired of carrying that franchise. While you get to have Curry, you get to have Kevin Durant, you get to have Iggy Draymond, and not worry about anything. And on top of that, you're the third, fourth. I mean, you possibly the fourth best player on the team. Now, maybe importance, you might be a little higher, but. As far as best player on the team, you, you, you're right there for. I, I think Draymond's a better player because he's overall. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't really see the point why Clay Thompson would get mad. I mean, he didn't really have the numbers that that spoke, spoken to the category of all NBA team with the DeRozan, with a Bradley Beal, who didn't make it, and especially Kim Walker, who's had career highs and putting the team on his back. So I, I mean, I know Clay Thompson missed all the money. I think that's why he's more mad at than anything. Um, it, I don't really think it's. it's I don't think he believes he's a top six guard, you know, for all the three teams. I don't, I don't think he believes that. He shouldn't believe it. No, all right. Well, here's the thing. I, I am the as you are the leader of the hate club for uh, Clay Thompson. I'm the president of the uh, fan club here. He should not be third-team All-NBA this year. He, If you want to go look back at his regular season, and I'm the biggest Clay Thompson fan. Yeah, hey, he started off cold. He started off so cold, and he started playing good, what, now in the playoffs? Clay Thompson had a down year, and he did not deserve to be third-team All-NBA, and Kemba Walker had a better year than Clay Thompson. Plain and simple. I, I do yeah, want to... Clay wouldn't have made it anyway. Say that again? Clay would have made it anyway if guys like Oladipo were healthy too. So I mean, he really shouldn't be complaining. Yeah, I mean, because in the in reality, you know, regardless of what you think about Clay Thompson, yeah, maybe if he was on his own team, he could be better than all these guys. But the reality is, if you're going to be playing with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green, and Boogie Cousins, uh, it's going to be hard. You're not going to have five guys on first, second, and third team. That's just the reality. You know, you're not going to see most situations where there's more than two guys ever on those first, second, or third team. So that's kind of just the reality. I mean, I guess one big question that I have for you guys is do you think it's fair, though, that this is what dictates your contract? Because my theory is. Okay, let's say we don't think he should be a third teamer this year, but the Warriors feel that he is. Do you feel like they should still be able to pay a guy a supermax to keep him in their city, or do you think do you guys like this idea of NBA media media writers pretty much dictating thirty forty million dollars of people's contracts? Uh, no, not the media. Let's yeah. start here. Kev, go ahead. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. The the media. No. I think they should come up with some kind of panel where, just like the just like the All Star game, where you know the fans have a little vote for the for the uh, you know starters, but they have no indication or, or no vindication on the 
the bench. The bench is selected by assistant coaches from what they see and what kind of talent they know. So I'm, I'm, I think it should be the first, second, third team should be voted by, you know, NBA coaches, assistant coaches, uh, maybe maybe a panel of, you know, unbiased former players in the NBA, something kind of like that because, yes, it's not it's not really fair to, to ask media guys because, you know, they're going to – they will vote their own guys in versus the right thing, uh, which is why Kyrie makes second team over Russ, who Russ, like, like Rashad pointed out, how, how do you have a triple-double for the third straight season and you keep falling down the list? Make sure you're going to be off the, off the thing if you got triple-double again. So yep. he went down every single year since then. So I don't understand, you know, what's the knock on that, but you got Kyrie second, you know, on, on a Boston team who underachieved versus a Thunder team who we all – at one point – they were saying, you know, oh, it was a contender, you know, until they started to fix it, but I just, don't, I just don't understand it. Yeah, I think one thing I'll say, and then Rashad, you can answer this question too. Uh, I do find it crazy too that, you know, I'm not the biggest Russell Westbrook fan. Actually, I actually really like watching him. So actually, I'm going to rephrase that. I love watching Russell Westbrook, but I'm not the biggest triple double fan. But I do find it insane that a guy like Russell Westbrook, who is you know like you said before injuries before him and paul george both got nicked up this year they were a serious contender but i genuinely believe because the media doesn't like russell westbrook and he's not that nice to them that's how Kyrie gets voted ahead of him and i think that's unfair <laughs> but go ahead i mean they shouldn't like Kyrie. They, they shouldn't like Kyrie either i mean he's been a jerk all season like they really shouldn't like him either he kind of he's really overrated i mean he's He's not a true one option. Uh, people love the flashy, you know, the handle, the dribble. So I think Kyrie's kind of overrated. But to the question, the media should not have a say-so in who gets a match and who doesn't. Uh, that's totally wrong because if the media, like you just said, has a bias against or for a certain guy, that guy's more likely to get it. Like, Clay would have made all NBA this year had guys like Kimba or Russ not had such a great season because the media loves Clay. I mean, guys on ESPN were advocating for him to be on the team, but they never said who they would take off. So, the media shouldn't have a face on it. Um, I'm not sure how they would go about fixing it, um, but they definitely have to get rid of the media being the the keys for deciding who can get an additional 30 or $40 million. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. The media, I mean, if they have a vendetta against a guy or a guy is an asshole like Russell Westbrook can be to the media, that shouldn't dictate whether or not what kind of contract they could potentially get. You know? It's just not fair. But um, I want to switch gears here real quick as our last little thing. Uh, you know, all your Kemba Walker talk, like, it made me go pull up the name of every player on the Hornets roster. So I'm, I, <laughs> we're going to play a game. We're going to play a game here where I'm going to, we're going to give you a name and you're going to tell us <laughs> if this guy's on the Hornets or is it a fake name we've made up? <laughs> so this will test, this will test your uh, Charlotte Hornets, <laughs> Hornets bench, knowledge. bench knowledge. Let's see. All right. All right. We're going to go, we're going to go with the first person. So is this a Charlotte Hornet or a fake name? or a fake name? Timothy Miller. Fake name. Rashad? Uh, I'm going to say a fake name. All right. Timothy Miller is a fake name. 
All right, all right. We're going to go with another one here. All right, we're we're going we're gonna to do five of them. We'll see if you can get three out of five. All right, next. Charlotte Horner, Charlotte Hornet or fake name? Will Hamilton. Mm. I don't sound like an NBA player. A fake name. <laughs> Damn, all right. Fake name. <laughs> it is a fake name. All right. Charlotte Hornet or fake name Dwayne Bacon. Uh, I think he's on the team. I, I, I think I saw him play a few minutes here and there. Like he just got drafted like what a year or two ago, maybe. But yeah, I remember now, his name just. Yeah, I know he's in the NBA. He is a one-year <laughs> player. I, 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 yeah, didn't did he go to like Florida State or something? Yeah, yeah that's a good job. Florida, Florida State, State. Yeah. rookie, rookie from Florida State. <laughs> All right. I like that. All Good right. work. Okay, All we got right. another one. All right. John Zelinsky. Oh, that's fake. Y'all never heard that name before. <laughs> like, they, they could be on the team. <laughs> like, they, draft the they, draft. they do have Frank Kaminsky. They got, Frank, they got Frank Kaminsky, but no, but no John Zelinsky. <laughs> they could have been a Eurostash player. Who knows? <laughs> All right, we got another one. Ready? Uh, Charlotte Hornet or fake name? Joe Chile. That could be a fake name too. Like they drafted the weirdest people. That name sounds familiar. It's possible Charlotte Hornet. It is a Charlotte Hornet. It is a he played one game this year, had two points and an assist. <laughs> he's on. He's on the he's roster. <laughs> I mean, here's the rest of the roster. I mean, you know a lot of them, but they got a JP Makarua, a Devonte Graham. I heard, of the, I heard the name. Oh, you know him. You'll know the rest of the you guys. Know the rest but the of team them. is just the team's off. It's Bismack Bianco. You know Frank Kaminsky's uh, Jeremy Lamb, uh, Cody Zeller, Marvin Williams, to- Tony, Tony Parker, Parker William Harriman Gomez. Uh, I think we almost got you guys with the Joe Chili one. The Joe Chili was close. Sealy Chili, however you say it. <laughs> yeah, I never, I've never heard that name before. Man, just free, free Kimberwalkers. Hmm. Oh man. You know yeah. who else hasn't heard of Joe Chili? Michael Jordan probably hasn't heard of him either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, You're probably right. <laughs> we should try this game of Michael Jordan. He'd probably, uh, he'd probably, he'd probably mess up a little bit himself. Like the inside of who he for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. All right. Well, uh, that pretty much wraps it up. And uh, if you guys have any other questions, anything else you want to say, also don't forget to plug your podcast. We kind of just wanted to end that with a fun game there, just to see if you know any. You know, you can tell the difference between a Charlotte Hornet or a random name. Uh, but don't forget plug your podcast right here. And uh, if you guys have any other questions for us, go ahead. Oh, yeah, don't forget to subscribe to Preach Care Preach, where the president of the Kyrie Clay Hater Club is uh, is a co-host on there. <laughs> George, Sammy, thank you guys for having us. It's Preach Care Preach with Rashad. Uh, great, you know, great time recording with you guys. Great insight. Look forward to doing it again soon. Yeah, we'll definitely have yeah. to do it either sometime during the NBA Finals or after the Finals and recap it, man. This was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you guys. Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. Take care. Nice talking to y'all. Thanks, guys. 
And that wraps it up for us with the uh, Preach Kev Preach for Shard podcast. Um, that's what we, that's our third podcast this week, George, and uh, we're gonna be here all week with uh, NBA final stuff. This was episode five thirty eight, I think, or five thirty nine. My God, we're going up there. This was episode five thirty nine. Um, like we said, we're gonna try to go live Thursday after the game one of the NBA finals. Hopefully, Sunday wins it all, all above. If we're missing any of them, you'll still be able to see a podcast by the next morning, maximum. So keep an eye out for the podcast and the live shows. Um, George, your final prediction? Warriors in six. Okay, actually, let me, let me rephrase that. Final pre- final prediction without Kevin Durant playing the whole series. Warriors in six. With Kevin Durant? Warriors in five. I'm going Raptors in seven if Kevin Durant does not play a game. If Kevin Durant comes back at any point... I'm going Warriors in six as well. Fair enough. So we'll, we'll find out. Game one, game two is obviously in B. If they go up 2-0, obviously all of our predictions might be slightly different. Yeah. So we'll find out. And, uh, George, this is Sports on Tap, and this is Sports Radio. Redefined. Hey.